this going to be live on YouTube? Yes, sir. I'm going to put up a community oh, post while post you're doing that. Okay. On the Mauer Report, along with my guests, <clears throat> we will have a conversation where we will share thoughts and opinions. For more information, my bio, past shows, social media links, and so much more, visit mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D dot com. And thanks for listening. fade out good tonight okay welcome to the mallard report everybody i hope everybody's having a good day before i begin i want to remind everybody about school of errors school of errors is a new book written by david perodin school safety um taking another look at it than that we have been in the past david will be on august 6th i'm super excited i've i've had an advanced copy of the book for a while um good stuff i'm excited uh good good solid stuff we'll get it more into detail when we get David here. Uh, but that's schoolofairs.com. If you've got a kid in school or know a kid or know somebody with a kid in school, easy for me to say. Um, you should get this book for the parent or anybody that has anybody that works in um, public places. I actually will encourage that because it's just amazing. If you've been watching the video stream, I've been um, updating the settings. So, you know. That was a wild ride. Got to see me go side to side here. You weren't dizzy. I wasn't dizzy. We were all dizzy. Okay, tonight my guest is Cameron Buckler from Dixie Cryptid on YouTube. Good grief. I even wrote that down because I didn't want to butcher it, but guess what I still did. Somebody needs to teach me how to write. I'm pretty sure. Cameron, how are you doing tonight? Hey, doing great. <laughs> it's Buckner. Buckner. B-U-C-K-N-E-R. Well, see, I have a B, and then I have a D above it for some literally non-apparent reason. Dude, you were so close. I, I figured it out. I was going to write Dixie up there, and then I decided to go below it instead of above it. Okay. Great yeah. note. Great, great, great job out of me. So, okay, let's start with the YouTube channel. Um, yeah. Tell me about it. Just give me the brief overview. Well, I just have a channel where we narrate stories about cryptids. Um it was uh, just a whim, a crazy idea I had back in the fall, in uh, October, November. And uh, my wife said, uh, you know, you love writing. and st- I, I was wanting to play with YouTube and see if I could get, you know, some stories out. And um, my wife encouraged me to do it. So I figured out YouTube, got on there, and posted a few stories. And, and <laughs> these stories were stories I had heard through my life you know how that goes yep. you probably heard bigfoot stories or oh yeah st- stories since you were uh a kid but i remember them i never forget them and uh it's not necessarily that i'm interested in cryptids but they're unusual stories and so i started making notes and i wrote a few stories around that and posted them and then around november the ch- channel began to get pretty popular and i was running out of material so I invited people to send me their encounter stories, and we just got hundreds. And so every week to two weeks, I'll put up a new video uh, and just simply narrate uh, my stories and other people's stories. And we've gotten into a little bit of fiction, which is fun. Uh, so that's basically the, 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 
the channel. It's just real simple. So you just just cryptid stories, right? I mean, you said a little bit of fiction, but in the paranormal realm, you're just talking cryptid, right? Yeah, uh, I have one or two stories that are uh, actual short biographies of interesting people, which I hope to do a little bit more of in the future. But the Bigfoot topic is extremely hot, and that's what <clears throat> excuse me, that's what my uh, my audience really enjoys. So I pretty much stick with that and. We have so many viewer encounters that there's really no shortage shortage of material. So, well, as I say, if you've got hundreds of stories and you put one out every two weeks or so, well, yeah, anyways. this could last for ten years. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm not good at math. I should probably stop trying to figure that out right now. <laughs> <laughs> it boggles my mind too, really. It, so okay, so you've been reading these stories. I I I know you're not necessarily an investigator, but you read these stories, so you have you have to have a clue here. Well, that's maybe I'm putting my foot in my mouth. But is there a common thread between all these Bigfoot encounters? Because I've never seen one. I'll, I'll be straight up without my listeners know that that I've never seen a Bigfoot, and I guess you know there's this whole part of me that wants to, so I can put that yeah, kind yes, of debate in my common threads. Yeah. So what what kind of things are we looking at here? Well, um, sounds, how they, you know, walk up on people, for example, or uh, especially how people react. You know, one, <laughs> one, one phrase I get in almost every story is the hair stood up on the back of my neck. Everybody, I've never had that happen to me, ever, in my life. But everybody that sends me a story, not everybody, but, you know, the vast majority have their hair stand up on the back of their neck. And I don't even know what that means. But, um, so, uh, regarding the phenomenon, there is, it's probably split down the middle. The some are violent encounters that I get, and some are very nice encounters. We had one encounter where a Bigfoot... Uh-oh. And then we have... Really? Uh, oh, come on, Skype. Several there we go. Times. Sorry, Skype was cutting in and out there. It was kind of funny, like the government was trying to silence you or something, but we're not going to go there. It's just Skype. <laughs> um, we have one where a guy shot a Bigfoot several times while he was hunting, and it just ran off. See, and I, so, I've always wondered that. I mean, I, I hate to say this. I mean, this sounds inhumane. And to Emails go to jim at mallorreport.com. Uh because you know there's going to be one about this when I say this. I've always said, you know, you, see, you, you remember that video from a couple of years ago? You've been probably you've probably seen it where the the Bigfoot walked down in front of the car, like off the hill in front of the car, down across the road. Right. Why didn't the guy hit him with his car? The derail what you were talking. No, he didn't. He the, the guy was sitting there with his, his friend video or with his phone recording it, which always makes me suspicious because. I was trying to record something the other day and wasn't even anything exciting. And if that video was really smooth, well, mine just trying to record like my kid doing something looked like I was blown in the wind. I don't have yeah. good hands apparently, but nevertheless, I don't know. But you're telling okay. So back to what you're saying. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's okay. ADD right there. So the guy shot him several times and just kind of said, "Forget it," and walked away. Huh? 
Well, I mean, he walked. He he claims he walked up on the Bigfoot. Uh, it's like he's walking down an old logging road, and he looks up, and there it is, and it's this huge creature. Now he's hunting with an AK forty-seven using ball ammunition, and which is absurd. It's you know nobody hunts with AK forty-seven, much less target ammunition. And uh, he claims that's how he, you know, he hit it with this ball ammunition in the chest, in the neck, several times. And uh, Bigfoot start it drops to its knees, its knees, and then it starts to run off to his right into the woods from the road. And he hits it a couple of more times, and it just keeps going. He doesn't find any blood or anything. And um, that was a that was a popular video. I mean, it's got a lot of action, and you have to understand. I, I'm, I don't, I don't come off with as these stories are real. I just tell them like I get them, and they, I give them all equal weight, and I let my audience decide what they believe. And you can look through the comments on any of my videos, and people give their opinions, and that's fair. Um. But I just love the stories. I I, I I always have, and not just cryptid stories, any story. And uh, and when they have action in them, people like that. P- people enjoy a good action story. Yeah, I mean, that's just the thing. The people enjoy these stories, and that's why they get told all the time. I mean, ghost stories, cryptid stories. I mean, there's something about it that just, uh, I don't know if people do this anymore. Somebody out there tell me, do people still sit around fire telling stories? I mean, I don't know, do they? Well, that's kind of the spirit of my channel. And um, and my intent was not to bring back the, you know, the oral tradition of storytelling. But that's really what it is. And I've actually told a few just ad-lib. Um, and, but I do better when I narrate from something I've written or someone else has written. But, you know, stories make up who we are, fiction, nonfiction. It doesn't matter. And, you know, any movie you see, any television show you see, uh, podcasts like yours tell a story. There's a storyline that goes along with it, and it captures people's imaginations. I've listened to some of your shows, and I've just get, I mean, I'm in a trance listening to your guests. And so it's uh, it's important, and it's an ancient tradition um and and again that was not my intent i didn't have any of that in my mind i just love to write and i love to tell stories and you know i tell stories to my kids and grandkids and uh, they'll probably never remember them (laughs) but if you record them so i mean oh yeah my kids say, "Papa, we, my grandkids, Papa, we can't just can't listen to you because we know it's you." I'm like, "What? What does that mean?" Mm-hmm. Oh, we just can't listen to you. We, you know, I'm like, <laughs> "Okay," but I, I have five grandchildren, and one of them listen. My oldest grandson listens to my stories, so um, they love me. It's not that they're not a, uh, gr- you know, loving grandkids or anything. They just, it's a thing. I don't know. Maybe it's like walking in on your 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 mom in the bathroom or something you know you just something something you don't want to you just don't want to deal with that so 
Boy, this 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 does call for a segue because we got to distance ourselves from the bathroom. I mean, that's just a bad visual. Uh, okay. <laughs> see, here we go. See, take a step, take a step. Uh, so, Cat Ward is in my, my live chat room. So, we're going to say hello to her. And her 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 interview with Cameron comes out Sunday, I think. Right? Is that a the last? Okay, yeah, okay. last Sunday of the month. Yeah. And uh, that's over at Paranormal Heart on Facebook, and you should know, be on Twitter, and I'll be sure to retweet it and all that fun stuff. But she has a question for you that she f- failed to ask, which I, I don't know if I should ask this or not. Maybe I should just make her have you back on her show, but I'll ask it anyway because it's a good question. Um, would you like to encounter a cryptid, and if so, which one? Uh, yes. I would love to see what so many people have told me stories about. And I, I live on... 40 acres down in Mississippi and I live way out in the sticks. There's three or 400 acres behind me where I walk my dogs and ride bikes and all that stuff. And I'm always visualizing, not always, but on occasion, if the woods, something standing there, but I've never seen anything, but yes, I would love to, to run into one. I, I really would. It would confirm a lot of things for me. Uh, by the way, I'm a, I'm a skeptic, even though I have a channel that narrates and tells Bigfoot stories and other cryptid stories, I'm a skeptic. Again, I'm, it's, it's, my channel is not necessarily about Bigfoot or cryptids. It's about the story, but you had to answer a cat's question. I would love to see one. And you're, you're, you're talking Bigfoot. I think Bigfoot. Yeah, that would be the. Because you get stories about other, other. I mean, like uh, Dogman, or I just hit my microphone. That's the first time I've done that in months. I don't know if anybody heard it, but I just totally swiped it. Um, all over the place tonight. Uh, you know, big uh, Bigfoot, Dogman, uh, Chupacabra. I don't know. I'm just running out of things now. There's a whole bunch of other cryptids, too. I'd like to see a Banshee. Is that a cryptid? Yeah, anything that isn't... Oh, good grief. Somebody's... Skunk ape. Uh, somebody's gonna, you know, yell at me if I don't mention uh, like fairies and then, you know those, uh, yeah, all that, all that stuff. Somebody would yell at me, so I have to mention them. Um, yeah, we get stories about dogmen. Uh, not as many. It's probably ninety percent Bigfoot. Gotten a few UFO encounters, and I started that actually telling my story on that, and invited people to send anything you know that's unusual and would fit in the paranormal or cryptid realm. Um, gotten stories on the little people, quite a few stories of the Yowie in Australia. Matter of fact, we're going to do a one, maybe two exclusively tales from Australia in the next month or so. <clears throat> so that's, yeah, we get all, see, that's, all that's, that's the kind of stuff that excites me. The story, I mean, yeah, I mean, Bigfoot stories excite me, but, you know, when people, especially when they're, come, you know, that excites me on multiple levels, because we were talking shows, we were talking shop before the show, and I'm sure we still got time, we'll probably get into some of it tonight, but uh, when when you get, it's it's great to get an email from somebody that lives in Alabama, right? We're both from the States, you know, but when somebody sure. from Australia or Brazil or the UK, or, you know... There's moments that you remember that that the platform that we're using isn't just 
limited by what we traditionally think. Those moments make me happy. And then I love the stories because they're so much, I don't want to say different, but they sound so similar, but they're just, just enough off. I don't want to say off. Just enough different that makes you go, maybe it is a real different creature instead of just being, a, you know, as how we identify things differently. That makes right. any sense. If that makes any sense to you. <laughs> it does. And, and um, I love to get different. That was a great story. Um, I'm drawing a blank here, but I know we've gotten others. Ghosts, we've had a couple of ghost stories. And I don't know. I just love it. I, I love reading these stories, and it's so much fun to share them with people. So that's where I come from. So as you listen, you, you told me you just got into the archives of the show. So as you listen to the archives of the show, you'll hear these, these famous words. I've got a question for you from Germantown Runner. You should be excited because he asked better questions than I do. Did I just say that? Anyways. <laughs> I'm losing. Uh-oh. You're losing me. That's not good. Cause I just ugh, love Skype. I'll just say that Microsoft's a great company. Is that going to help? Yeah. That's going to make the connection better. And the FBI needs to tone it down. Oh wait, because they can't <laughs> listen. If, they can't listen to the conversation if we can't have the conversation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the. What was the question from Germantown Runner? I haven't got to the question yet. I was, I was just preferencing it. I was getting long winded with it for some reason. Why in the age of oh, hundreds of millions of cell phones? I don't know if we're going that far, Germantown Runner. We'll go millions. Um, with HD cameras, why have we? Why haven't we just seen an explosion of cryptid pictures and all sorts of weird pictures? That's a good question. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, you you'll get a lot of blurry pictures. But why is it always they, a cryptid? Turn, is it is this the interdimensional thing that we for thinking yeah. makes these things blurry? Because I mean, minus the bad pictures I take with. Um, uh, I do know this. If you're, if if you're, I, you know, I hunt a little bit, or I used to, and and uh, when you know, just a deer, if a deer walks up on you, it's hard to think to grab the phone or grab your camera and start filming. I mean, there's a lot going on in your mind, and you're not thinking clearly, even even with a native animal. Uh, so. I can under, I mean, that's one explanation that I get that I tend to agree with. Another is that it's, that it is interdimensional or they've, they're coming in and out of, uh, what's the name? Orbs. Yeah. Um, you know, that, I mean, there is, you, you just think of the reason why we can't, that's been talked about that we, out there so i don't know that there's any good uh good answer for that but you know patterson Gim made a pretty good film yeah i mean that's just the thing but that was what 40 years ago yeah do you have an opinion on that do i have an opinion on that should i give an opinion on that or do i have an opinion on that that's the question no, just, well my opinion <laughs> is that's probably the most credible footage i've ever seen now that's just me you know that's I'm sure people, oh, no, it's, you know, it's, he was in a costume or whatever. But it looks very real. 
Yeah, I, I, the whole thing. I, I mean, the whole problem I have with it is the problem I had with the guy with that was had it coming walking down across in front of him in front of the car. Right. It just seems, you know, those moments just make me go. They were already filming. You know what I'm saying? In this, especially back then. I mean, it wasn't like somebody whipped it out of their pocket. And, well, that sounded bad. Um, they pulled the phone out of their pocket and uh, <laughs> started filming. You know? Yeah. Because back in the day, that took more work than just... Oh, yeah. Those on video understand what I'm doing right now. doesn't make good radio, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's... Uh, I, I don't know what the answer is to that, but um, but my favorite is a Patterson-Gimlin. Whether it's fake or not, I love it. I mean, I just love it. And, and that goes back to stories. You know, we had a story that uh, a woman, she was in her eighties. She, I think she had her son write it for her. I think I'm not sure, but her name was Patricia and it's my favorite story I've done so far. And she paints this picture with her words of these four huge creatures at hundred or 200 yards away below in a field, walking out into a cornfield, and she sees them walk down the rows and across the road towards her house. And there's more to the story. I mean, yeah, you gotta you gotta go over to YouTube and watch this thing, right? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, come on, YouTube, Skype, really? I can see that just as clear as a bell. I wish I could. I mean, I. My- my question is, why would an 85-year-old woman make that Yeah, there's no reason for her to make that up. For that sure. That gives me a little more confidence. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things that... And and I don't think I got trolled on that one because I've talked to her son, and he, he was so appreciative that we put her story on YouTube, and... She got to hear it, and then a few months later, she passed away. And it was uh, just a great story. It wasn't a high adventure story. It was just a great visual encounter on her part when she was 20 years old. So, okay, here we go. Anybody that listens to this, I've got a question. This is very important. This is probably the most important question I'm ever going to ask. Not really. This is good, though. This this is how my mind works. We talked about the Patterson-Gimlin film, and I'm thinking about Field of Dreams, the baseball movie, right? Which one okay. is more likely to happen? A bunch of ghostly baseball players walking out of cornfield in Iowa or Bigfoot walking by you in the woods? Woo! That's over my head. Well, I know. That's why I'm asking the listeners. I didn't. I wasn't going to ask you. I, I mean, unless you had a great answer, and then I'd be like, "Hey, what's your answer?" But I figured you didn't, because that's a deep one, man. Oh, it is. Yeah. And, and oh. the chat, and it's, I've got one vote each in the chat room so far, so we're just going to keep rolling that out. And I, I, I mean, that's a good question. That might be the best question I've ever asked myself. What are the chances? Yeah. What are the? I mean, not just in theory, but for you. Well, I guess. It has to be a cornfield anywhere, because I guess the odds of somebody walking, you know, having ghosts walk out of a cornfield in Iowa are significantly decreased by where they are in the world. Um, you know? <laughs> so right. I guess I, I need to pull that part back. But, uh, 
I don't know, man. That oh. Well, it's one of my favorite movies. I'll tell you that. Ooh, favorite movie. What? What? Okay. So, what other favorite movies you got? We just got to go there because now I'm curious. Uh, my favorite ever is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I love that movie. And I'm gonna lose ten subscribers for saying that. I've never seen it. You've never seen it? Nope. Bro, <laughs> are you serious? Serious, man. I I could probably list the movies that I've watched this year on one end. Wow. I so just you're, you're you're busy. Well, it's not busy. I just don't have. Well, I guess my mind is always going. So I'll sit down to watch something, and then if it doesn't like rah, grab a hold of me. Yeah, and my mind starts to wonder a little bit. By the time it gets good, I'm already checked out and writing notes or emailing people or whatever. And I was like, "Oh, what happened? I don't know. Nothing exciting in the first 15 minutes got me going." So you're busy. You're you're busy, right? Close Encounters of the Third Kind and uh, Field of Dreams is one of my favorites. There's a lot of them I like. I'm not real fond of the later these later movies these uh, comic book Marvel and all that I like them but they just don't seem very original well that's what I was going to say they keep the movies today just seem like all ripoffs of something else yeah I agree and then you know uh, what's the movie is I my me and my son were talking about what movie was it it was an 80s movie I'm uh, Die Hard right and I said they'd never yeah. make that today like that original, I mean, that was the original, like, you know, I mean, they yeah. try, but now they all seem like a knockoff of that. Right. And now they, the, the blow up scenes, I mean, the, the explosions are much better because of CGI and all this. I mean, but the actual content of, I mean, explosions are great. Don't get me wrong. I do love explosions. Yeah. <laughs> Not knocking that, but the story and how it was acted. Anyways. And then you look at like, um, some of, like, I'm sure you've seen Slapshot and Caddyshack and all the, I mean, simply great movies, but they can't make them today. They're timeless. Yeah. And, uh, and they'd and be offensive today. Oh, uh, you know, you're right. I, I, I haven't thought of it that way, but you're exactly right. And it's a shame because, oh, I don't get me off on that subject. That's a, well, go ahead. I mean, I, you're. <laughs> well, no, you know, I I don't get political, and because I don't care what your politics are, and I'm sure you don't care what mine are. But I mean, so, so you know, it's when comedians won't even go on college campuses anymore because so many children are getting offended at college. It's there's something wrong. People have lost their sense of humor to a degree, and. You know, the Saturday Night Live crew, Caddyshack, and, you know, all those um, National Lampoon movies they put out. And, man, those guys had a great sense of humor. They're just, uh, uh, Animal House. Yeah. Uh, you know, those are just original, good, funny movies. And, and uh, you just, you're right. You don't see them anymore. And I think Hollywood would make a, I read an article in the last couple of weeks that, moviegoers that actually go to the theater, I go, we go at least once every two weeks to see something. And uh, they're just frustrated, frustrated with uh, 
you know, the remakes and the part 13s and 14s and the six Spider-Man movies. And they're, they're, people will tell you Hollywood's just lost its originality. Another movie they wouldn't remake, and this is my, one of my favorite movies, is Airplane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's not a chance in the world anybody tries to remake that. Not because the original was classic, because it is, but because, <laughs> but that's just it. Everybody, I mean, if you were offended back in the day, you moved on. Now you've got to protest and, ugh. But I, here, here's where I am at with all this, right? We, I don't know your political beliefs, but I'll say it this way. I respect your right to have them. Doesn't mean I have to agree with them. Just like your religious beliefs. I don't care what you do, you know, that's between you and, you know, Whatever, but I respect your right to have them. Doesn't mean I want to agree with them, but that's fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, people can believe whatever they want, but you can... I mean, I'm friends with all kind of people, so I'm not going (laughs) to not be friends with one of my neighbors because he... I I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It's never made sense to me. I've got people in my family who will, they won't, you know, they may not talk to you for two years because you, well, who'd you vote for? for my general response is, well, it's not none of your business, but uh, mainly because I know it's going to start an argument. <laughs> but so, uh, so let's get our argument territory and get back into an argument territory. We'll go from politics yeah. to comedy, because this is good. Okay. Uh, Germantown Runner's popping up a bunch of names of comedians, right? I'm going to take this a step yeah. further, because this is what I do. Because he provokes me into this. So we go, like, Richard Richard Pryor, George Carlin, uh, Jay Leno, Seinfeld. Who is today's it guy? Adam, we had Adam Sandler there for a while. Chris Rock was the guy. Who's today's guy? Yeah, I see faces, but I can't remember their names. Uh, who's the Who's the chubby, blonde-haired guy? Uh, oh, what is his name? He's on every head of TV series. He's got like six kids. He's a Catholic guy. Somebody in the chat room, no, I'm not. I'm sitting here thinking Jeff Dunham like is the guy today, and that can't be right, right? There's Brian Regan. He's hysterical. Hysterical. Chris, Chris Farley, cat. If you did not see Adam Sandler's tribute to Chris Farley, I almost cried when I watched it, and I didn't know Chris Farley, but he was—that was the guy when I was growing up. Chris Farley. I mean, being a bigger guy myself, I really appreciated the uh, the physical <laughs> humor. I don't want to say it was an inspiration for several things that I may have done, but uh, well, anyway. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> so. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll figure this out. We'll get somebody. Will give me a good Louis C.K. Maybe, or um, what's the other guy? Um, no, I see. See now I'm seeing faces, and this isn't good. Um. Oh, yeah. Anyways, we'll get back to this. So let's let's get back to cryptids for a minute because let's transition <laughs> the old fashioned way, real hard and real fast. There you go. You, you say you, you give all your stories equal treatment, but have you ever got one that made you go, mm, no, nope, we're not going to even touch that? No, I haven't. Um, <clears throat> I've gotten a few that have no punctuation or they're, 
they're a bit hard to read that I don't throw in the trash can, but I will put them to the side until I have time to do a little bit of editing. Um, I have some that are filled with cuss words, and they're usually from teenagers. And I, you know, it's f bomb this, and I'm, you know, a this dipping it's just all you know you can tell they're listening to a lot of country music and i will throw those in the trash but topic is subject wise um there have been a couple that i thought man that is out of this world and i'm gonna do them because they're interesting stories and you know i, I don't I just give them all equal weight. I don't, uh, and pe- uh, it's not necessarily the channel. It's not about me. It's about uh, the story. So if I can share a story that people enjoy, and I'll get comments, oh, I call BS, blah, blah, blah. Well, we've all been waiting on you to call what, what your opinion is of the story, you know? So, but uh, <clears throat> it's a, uh, it's funny. But that's why I do it because uh, it gives you, it gives me and the listeners not just a good story, but a it gives you a little glimpse into people's imaginations and how they perceive things. And people fascinate me. I mean, I'm always full of questions. What do you do? I always want to know how they – I'd love to talk to you and figure out how you got to this point. I mean, I could sit and listen to you for two hours or four hours. or. I don't say that because everybody in the chat room would be saying that too. <laughs> no, okay. So, for the record, well, here we go. Sidebar again. I'm drinking right. Diet Mountain Dew. For those people that think I'm shotgunning a beer while I'm interviewing you, I'm not. Okay. okay. Just for the record, because I know Silver Can. Somebody will be like, he's drinking Coors Light. No, not quite. <sighs> Can you tell I've had complaints about that before? Uh, I think if you had a Coors Light, that would be fine. You'd think, right? I mean, it's not like I'm driving or anything. This, this, I mean, I just got to push a few buttons to get this thing off the air. And it's not like I'm uh, broadcasting <laughs> over, like, you know, licensed airways either. It's just, uh, yeah, yeah. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. right. It's a family show. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sweet tea here. I'm drinking sweet tea. Ugh. Oh, my God. Yes, I don't have a blong. Oh, my God. That was, that was fun that night. My guest was hitting one. Uh, <laughs> towards the end of the show, man, he was answering a lot better questions than he was before. Uh, I'm not just saying. She, he should have started before the show. Oh, maybe he did. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, didn't have enough of him before the show, I guess. Okay. Oh, boy, that's going to get me in trouble. Uh, maybe. Okay. So, but telling the story, see, you, you, you were talking to me a little bit about this a little bit ago, about the difference. There's a difference between telling the story and interacting with the story because you were asked you know how you like to ask a lot of questions but when you get an email do you go back and forth with the person trying to sluice out a little bit more or do you just read it as it is uh just for the sake of time i read it as it is because i mean i work a regular job that's uh i'm in the construction business and i'm an engineering technician so i'm in front of a computer all day but it's it's real time sensitive stuff, so I have to stay on top of everything. So when I'm able to do these videos, it's free time, and so I have to squeeze them on. But I have corresponded with a couple of people and asked a couple of questions. But generally, no, I don't. 
I don't. I just read them like I get them. German Time Runner just popped up. Tell us your UFO story. Do you have a UFO story? I do. Well, lay it on me then. Well, it, um, oh man, it's easy to tell because this is one of those that's easy to tell because it happened to me. I couldn't, if you told me a Bigfoot story, I'd have trouble recounting it to someone. Right. Uh, like you did, but uh, now I've had two, and I don't know if they were UFOs, but one was uh, when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, I lived in West Tennessee, and I was driving home from work late on a Friday night, and I was in a well-lit area, and there was a baseball game going on to my right as I was heading home, and when I got about parallel with that baseball diamond, the whole sky lit up like it was daytime now this was about 10 o'clock in the evening and there were big lights on the baseball diamond so everything was lit up but the whole sky lit up it wasn't like it was day but it was lit like a fluorescent light if that makes sense you know the sun has a certain hue to it yeah And it stayed that way for several seconds, and so much so that I pulled over, and I could see houses across the street from the baseball diamond. I could see the shrubs, the leaves on the shrubs, to where I wouldn't have been able to see that if it hadn't been lit up like that. And then it just went out, and no car stopped, nothing. Every It's like life just continued on. So I sat there a few minutes, and I drove on home. I told my wife about it, and she's like, huh, oh, interesting. And then she went to sleep. Well, then we <laughs> we went to, I went to work the next day. There were some guys that I worked with at that ball game. Their daughters were playing a softball game that night. And I'm like, did you guys see the sky light up for 15 seconds last night? Nobody saw anything. Nobody it's the weirdest thing. There was nothing in the paper, nothing at all. And so that's one. The other was when I was about 14, 13, 14 years old, when I was a kid, uh, after a baseball game again, one summer night, we were, it was late. We had been playing a tournament, came home. My parents went to bed. I was full of energy. I walked out on the front lawn. I was still in my baseball uniform. And this... <clears throat> I think it was some kind of craft came over, uh, came at the house probably at, I'm guessing between five and 10,000 feet. It had these two huge lights on the front and then it stopped, not directly over me. It was a little bit to my right and the lights go out and when they come back on, they're pointed straight up. Do you remember when you were a kid, the big, like when a new store would open. Oh, yeah, the, the Hollywood lights. Right. That's what they look like. But they were just pointing straight up in the air. And there were these, there was just like this fog around it. It was a clear night. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I, I remember I could see stars until this thing came over. And then it was like, I don't know, misty, kind of foggy around this. The lights went out again, and, and it uh, when they came back on, it had moved several hundred feet past me, 
and the lights were pointed forward again, and then they went out. And I don't know what that was. I, I'm not saying it. It was unidentified for me. And when I was so, and I had just seen the movie Close Encounters of the Third Time of the Third Kind uh, earlier, maybe two or three weeks before that. <clears throat> and since you've never seen it, there's a scene where these uh, spacecraft come. They're coming into a farmhouse, and they're coming to get this little boy they're, they're coming to abduct this little boy and the way they roll in there's these big clouds boiling in front of them and it was just so it's steven spielberg is a genius the way he frames his shots and things like that anyway that has always stuck in my mind well that's not exactly what it looked like but something similar to that so i was never scared i was never worried i was excited I was like, what? This is awesome. And I spent, we had a swimming pool in the backyard and I spent the night laying on a lounge chair, looking up at the sky, hoping to see this thing again. I fell asleep out there and I woke up uh, right at daylight the next morning. So I've had two unusual events. Again, I'm not saying they were out of this world experiences or anything like that they could have been but i I can't confirm that but it was uh it's just one of those things i packed away and i look back on those two events like a like a child does that make sense it's like it made me feel this huge sense of wonder and it really piqued my imagination and which is when you asked me earlier if i could see a cryptid would i like to see a cryptid or a cat ask that yes i'd love to see something like that i mean it just i don't know it makes me feel good yeah i mean there's something to that i mean and the other thing that i'm sitting here saying okay so let's get the two thoughts that i wrote down because i knew if i didn't write them both down you know i'd forget one whatever happened to hollywood rights I, I haven't seen any since i was a kid like i don't you know the car there used to be a car deal or used car dealership obviously that should go without saying, right? Because your Chevrolet dealer doesn't do this hokey bit, um, you know. But I haven't seen any. I haven't either. I don't know. Somebody out there, somebody out there knows the answer. I used to love them. I mean, from my house, I could see them miles away, and I never knew what they were for. But yeah. I later learned they were for like store openings or big, you know, yeah. events or a fair. Like I said, like I said the used car dealership used to have them. I mean, just. All night, like for some non apparent reason, because they weren't even open. Right. But, like, bugs to a bug zapper, you had to go see where they were. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, you were telling me these stories, and they both have baseball in them, and we, I didn't have any honest clue about these stories when I asked you about Field of Dreams earlier. Right. Think about this. I'm, I'm on it. Or yeah. Something's on something. I don't know. That's kind of weird, though. I'm, uh, there's something about that summertime baseball, warm weather. And wasn't there a, wasn't there a UFO sighting over a major league stadium a couple years ago? Germantown, run, Germantown runner will remember this because he's a big baseball guy. He'll tell me. He'll, t- he'll probably tell me the game. He probably was at the game. No, I'm just kidding. I think it was in St. Louis or Dodger Stadium or somewhere. Yeah. Just to, see. This is this is the line I always use. I'm, I remember just enough to be dangerous, and. <laughs> <laughs> gets me in trouble all the time. 
Because then, then the rest of the, uh, you know, as the rest of the story comes out, they're like, that doesn't know how that happened. But some of that's, well, anyways. So you just, you, you just kind of, I'm still simply in, I mean, because telling other, I mean, telling other people's stories takes, I mean, telling your own story is one thing, right? Yeah. But then telling other people's stories, was that an easy, I mean, obviously, like you said, you ran out of stuff, but. Did you ever think, was was it always, you wanted to continue or was there a thought of, okay, I've told my stuff and we'll just move on? Well, no, because, uh, you know, now that <clears throat> around here, I live in a small town in Mississippi and I'm, I ask people, like there's a story that I have on my channel called uh, Jonas Henning and the Bigfoot, Jonas and the Bigfoot and uh I wrote that story. I was at the uh, I was at the county dump unloading some trash, and I, I, I'm this way. I'll just be talking to some old guy, and I'll. Well, we were at the dump, and I, this guy was taking my license plate down, and you know, I looked out, and it's all woods around it, and I, I thought, man, this looks like Bigfoot habitat. So I asked him. I said, Hey, you ever seen a Bigfoot around here? No, no, I don't think I've ever seen a Bigfoot. But you know what? There's a story I've heard for years about. He got, and there's a guy here that grows blackberries. He's a world famous blackberry grower. And the guy at the dump told me a story about the blackberry guy when he was a kid that a Bigfoot saved him and his grandmother from his from the from the little boy's father and I, I I prodded him a little bit more for the story and he told me a few details and it was just highlights you know just bits and pieces now this is I, I don't know if you ever talk to people but a lot of times you can tell just by their demeanor that they've either they're repeating something they've heard that they believe is true or they're real interested in, and then sometimes you down oh, they're just making this up. This guy was dead serious, and he's he's not a he wasn't a uh, he he seemed believable to me. So that story stuck in my head, and I immediately came back, made some notes, so that when I had time, I could write the story. And I wrote a story around that. So the facts of the story that I got from this guy, which is probably. 10 or 12 times removed from other people uh, is still a story that circulates around in this county. And I wrote a story around it and it was, uh, I love the story. It's about an autistic kid and his parents are, uh, you know, they're, they're into themselves and they, the grandmother adopts them and, you know, you you could listen to it, but the father comes back and the big, he, and he's autistic, and he makes friends with the Bigfoot family that lives in the woods. It's a great story. and <clears throat> But that's how I get a lot of the stories that I write now. I, uh, I don't just... I've got one fictional story that I wrote on my channel, but the rest of them are just expounding on stuff that I hear today. Uh, matter of fact, I'm writing a book right now based on a story that a guy told me about five years ago <clears throat> about um, 
some a Bigfoot clan that lived in the Mississippi Delta and how they ran them out of the Delta. They were a problem. And I have no idea if it's true. I, there's no way to ver. To me, there's no way to verify any Bigfoot story <clears throat> unless you were there and saw it yourself. But uh, I'm actually going to try to release my book in sometime this fall with an audio version. So anyway, to answer your question, that's how I... <clears throat> there's never an end to the material. Every Everybody, you know, if you ask enough people, you're going to hear a story. And uh, if it's short, if it's a 45-second narration from the guy that you're talking to, you can turn it into a 20-minute story. You just fill in the gaps of what you think probably happen between the main events does that make sense oh yeah it does and and that's part of the 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 things you have to do with the i mean when you're talking to people there's things you have to pull and some things you have to push you know like you don't want them to tell you too much you know there's all you know some people will tell you way too much and then other people you have to pull some information out of just to get you know a conversation started there was one story one story I did called the President's Island incident. I worked on President's Island. I was I was a welder in a steel shop. We're all sitting out leaning against the back of a truck on a Friday night drinking a beer. And somehow the topic of Bigfoot comes up and one of the older guys that's there he goes, "Well, there's Bigfoot out here on President's Island." And we're like, "No, you're full of it." No, no, they're they're out here. Well, what are you talking about? Well, a guy hit one right out here with a car. And he went down to check on it down the levee, and it ran him off. Well, I, I that was a 30-second story. So I take those facts, and then I, I, I build the story on that. And some people don't like that, but, I mean, any, any historical work, uh, any scholarly work that's done you know, that's written in universities, they have to fill in gaps to make the story flow. I mean, that's just the, that's the way it is. Well, and, I, well, you know, the, you know, the best jokes take five minutes to set up and then you have the punchline. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, there's books written on Christopher Columbus. I mean, they don't know every move he made, what, but I do understand. Worked. I do understand. He liked tacos. <laughs> that was bad that's that's i mean it's fact now i've said it on the internet right <laughs> and, and believe it or not he never hit the continental united states yeah but at least we get a federal holiday out of the deal <laughs> he was a he was an island hopper <clears throat> what a life uh, okay so germantown runner has a question but i have a question for germantown runner how did we miss this story about Tom DeLong and the Pittsburgh Pirates? I'm gonna put I'm gonna put in the chat room. This is not what I was talking about earlier. This is something totally different. But uh, I just uh, okay. Germantown runner, check that out. I don't understand. He's my baseball guy, and this was a pirate story. And but anyways, and a UFO story or Tom DeLong, you know. Anyways, love him or hate him. But anyways, so actually to his question, we'll, we'll ask his question while he's answering my question. Uh, in this day of eight, day and age of 100, 240 characters, I almost said 120 because, you know, that was what it was. Um, has storytelling changed? 
I notice I, I don't want to say conversation has changed with people, but I, I start to think maybe it has because people seem to be a little bit shorter. So drawing that parallel, I'm sure storytelling. Well, has it changed for you? But maybe how you're receiving them. Yeah, I think it's changed. Uh, I mean, you can read, you can read, you know, ancient writings, and I mean the way we use language and the way we convey ideas and emotion and action, things like that is vastly different than a hundred years ago. I mean, I love Jack London. I, I love to read his his books and um, the way he wrote is so so different than the way uh, who's a popular author now, Stephen King. So I mean, storytelling changes, but basically it's you know, it's, it's conveying an event to one or more people that uh, since time and memorial has captured people's imagination. So uh, I think it's changed quite a bit, but it's, uh, I mean, look at the Bible, the way those stories are told there. I mean, if you just look at the Bible as a, my grandfather used to say the Bible is just a story. If you just read it from cover to cover, it's a great story and it really is. And um, but it's told vastly different than stories are told today. It's probably why it's so hard to understand. Yeah, I mean, it just seems in my lifespan, which is, it doesn't seem like going back to that camp. You know, because there was a people would take ten minutes and actually tell a full story. Now it's like, yeah, I went to Walmart and seen Joe, or Steve, <laughs> yeah. or Bill, or you know, whoever, right? And that's it. That's it. That you know used to be. So how were the, you know, how were the kids and how was his job? You know, the, the follow-up question, now i just seen them and, you know, I'm supposed to be okay with that. And, you know, when you start telling a story uh, in this culture, people, you, you it's uh, nine out of ten people you can tell they're not interested. So I just don't. Did you, you ever tell a story with somebody in the story that's supposed to be listening to the story but isn't? Oh, wait, I shouldn't say that because I do that all the time. I should not give my <laughs> secret away. And then I turn... And then I turned to Roger over there and said, boy, this is an interesting story, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but you weren't supposed to tell it? Yeah, but he told me not to tell it, but I'll finish telling it to you anyways. And he's standing there not paying a bit of attention. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep that in mind. And now I have to, I, I can't do that for a while because, you know, people that listen to the show will know what I'm doing. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, uh, uh, I'm a big reader. I love reading you were talking about hollywood how dull it's gotten I, I, uh books lately i have a hard time finding something i'm interested in are you, are you a reader yeah well i read books for the show sure i mean that's kind of so it's not necessarily ple- i mean don't get me wrong it's pleasurable well most of the time it's pleasurable reading some of it's kind of intense for on topic but i mean but that's i mean it's good i love doing it it's mostly, you know, it's not like it's, most of it's not something I wouldn't pick up anyways. So it's not necessarily fun reading. It's uh, it's your job. Well, it's fun reading, but it's not necessarily, I mean, I guess my problem with it is I'm a slow reader. So. Yeah, me too. So when I get those, those turnarounds where I've got two weeks before the guest comes on, <clears throat> it becomes right. painful because I have to sit there and, and then, you know, you're sitting there. 
not just reading for pleasure. You're trying to, especially when it's a, a book about something or, you know, you know, a story, you're trying to pull out the questions you want to ask, but not push too far into the story because you don't want to give away the ending of the story, obviously, because you give away the ending of the story. Nobody's buying their book and that's not good for your, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But I, I can't find, I have the hardest time. My brother recommended a book. Uh, we went to Florida. I drove down by myself for vacation to meet my family and I listened to a six hour book and it was the longest bunch of nothing I had ever. <laughs> And it was an audio book, but uh, I'm so glad I didn't buy the book and start to read it. But I've gone back and started reading stuff that I loved when I was in high school and and in my young in my twenties and thirties, like Jaws. I read Jaws again this this summer, and um, I picked, uh, you know the Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Stephen King released a, uh, I think it was back in the seventies. A book of four novellas in one book, and the Shawshank was in one of them. It, that's not that wasn't the title uh, of the story, but and uh, uh, what's the story? Um, Stand by me was in there, and you remember that movie? No, I, I feel like Chris Farley here. You remember that? that cool. <laughs> movie, movies you're talking over my head. Okay, hey, we've got two minutes. Well, two minutes as of now. Left. So let's, let's talk about the channel again because if I I'll feel I failed you if I don't get this back out there. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, Dixie Cryptid. Uh, just a quick search on YouTube in the search block, and it should be right at the top. And again, it's not if you're coming to the channel to look for videos of Bigfoot or pictures of Bigfoot. We don't do that. We just relate the stories and encounters that people have and. Uh, again, I said in this earlier in this show, the, the channel is not necessarily about Bigfoot or cryptids. It's about the story. And I love doing it. I just having the best time doing it. And um, we may, you know, we've got books that I'm working on and audio books. And we're, I'm working on a documentary that I'll release a short on Dixie Cryptid channel probably in the next 60 days and then we're going to make a longer version and maybe try to sell it somewhere it's a I spent a weekend with four rawhide dudes Bigfoot Bigfoot trackers and researchers in the Appalachian Mountains in Kentucky in 10 degree weather for about four days and we got tons of good footage not of Bigfoot but I'm interested in them, what makes them tick, and we got a lot of it on film. And uh, so we've got that documentary, and I'm just, you know, for what I do, I'm in the construction business. This is a good way to kind of be a creative person, and I'm enjoying it. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on and um, humoring me with some of the stuff that we got into tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we were kind of all over the map. So, I mean, uh, well, that's how this show goes. I'm sure you've kind of caught that by now. Okay, so we're talking over the outro music now, so let's stop for a minute. The views and opinions expressed on the Mallard Report are those of the host and participants. 
past shows, social media links, and so much more, visit Mallard.com, M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. And thanks for listening. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.